It's time to sink into deep thoughts and cushions. This is Philosopha Talk. I am CJ, your host, here today with co-host of the Psychic Guys podcast, Josh, a.k.a. Kamokaze. How are you doing today, man? I'm fantastic. How are you doing, CJ? I'm, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I'm really excited to be getting this podcast off the ground. This is going to be my fourth episode. And honestly, it's been a lot of fun so far. I've had a lot of really good conversations. And uh, your podcast is relatively new. I see you have two episodes up. I listened to one of them today. Honestly, I think it's a fantastic show. You guys really do a good job with that. Thank you. There's uh, a lot of veteran podcasters in our group. I'm actually the fresh one of the four of us. Well, we all got to start somewhere. I mean, you guys sound real professional and everything. So um, honestly, everybody out there listening, again, his podcast is the Psychic Guys podcast. It's really good. Uh, right now it is on Podcastle, I think it's called. We're available on uh, Podcastle Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Oh, okay. Well, hey, we were pretty much everywhere. Fantastic. Um, so up until this conversation, we've talked about a lot of stuff on this show uh, regarding like creation, sim theory. Uh, we've gone over uh, modern philosophy uh, with a lot of spirituality and then the philosophy in music. And today we're going to kind of throw something really different at you guys. We're going to talk a little bit about remote viewing and kind of how that can be a useful tool and really helping a person or even a group of people understand and comprehend some of the more complicated of the higher truths that, that come with being a part of this third dimension. Uh, Josh, you yourself are a remote viewer right? Yes, I've been uh, remote viewing since about mid-2021. Okay, and I've seen before that you've been on some projects with some pretty renowned people. Uh, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yes, uh, I've. If, if you're into remote viewing and you kind of just gem demonstrate a general willingness to try new things, you can run into all sorts of odd projects. Uh, in particular, I've done things like research and development on new ways to create boomerangs. I've done web troubleshooting, trying to predict stock markets, missing persons. And I think the session in particular you're referring to is a project I did for Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. Is that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I was yeah. going with that. I mean, you've got some, you've got some credentials, and especially with the missing persons thing. If I remember correctly, you did that with the FBI, right? I personally, I was like almost subcontracting. Essentially, it wasn't anything so formal, but it was a relationship like that with another professional remote viewer who had contacts with the FBI. And I was doing a case on her behalf. I didn't work directly with any agency. Hey, that's that's still fantastic. Regardless, third party of a third party, that's fine. I mean, you still you still went out there, you did the work, and you helped out where you could. Uh, you know, I'm really glad we were able to do that because that really gives the audience like an idea of where your credentials are at. Being that, you know, something like remote viewing can be like a really hot button topic, especially in the esoteric community. People can get really skeptical 
uh, when people are claiming that they do this sort of thing, especially, you know, since the seventies with MK ultra and, and all of those reports and stuff that you can read on the, the CIA webpage. But I really think that this is going to be a fantastic conversation and, you know, we're going to put, we're going to pretend like the people listening have absolutely no idea what remote viewing is. Um, would you give us a, just like the quick reader's digest breakdown of that? Absolutely. Uh, the remote viewing program, uh, was funded by the government, the U S government from roughly around the early to mid seventies, all the way into the early nineties when they finally canceled the program. The idea was, at the time, the U.S. government had reason to believe that the Soviets were studying the applications of human psychic potential, and as a result, they felt a need to achieve a sort of power parity or at least investigate to see if there was anything to the phenomenon itself. And as a result of that, uh, they developed remote viewing. Uh, they paired up with organizations like the Stanford Research Institute, and they came up with this idea of sitting a person in a room and having them try to sense and perceive information about what they called a target. Originally, they started with just geographic coordinates. They wanted to see if you could turn someone basically into like a human spy plane and find out information about locations. But eventually, they did get a little more complex in the kind of targets they were tasking out. But they found that the program was successful enough that they kept funding it for uh, several decades. And ultimately, they determined that remote viewing itself wasn't suitable for operational work, but that there was an effect there. So a lot of skeptics, when they see that information, they go, oh, well, the US government decided after 30 years that this wasn't worth it and they scrapped it. But there's still a lot of leeway in not suitable for intelligence work versus not a thing. Right. And you know, I, I've watched a few documentaries and stuff on remote viewing in itself, and I don't really want to get too in-depth upon the intricacies of, like, how remote viewing works specifically and whatnot. I, I think if you're up for it, we could have you on for an episode of Mystery Stone and really get into, like, the science behind it and really what it is. Um, But it really is a fantastic phenomenon, and I see that a lot of, like, you know, police stations and FBI, kind of like certain, like the cases you worked on, they'll utilize that in order to find missing people. And oftentimes it's fairly successful. With uh, with remote viewing, before we really get into like the philosophical end of things, um, people here might be thinking like, well, remote viewing, is that like astral projection? Because honestly, when I first learned about it, that was my question. I'm like, well, how is this different from astral projection? And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but remote viewing is is more like a, a, a psychic connection where you're able to um, within your within your intellect uh, view places and people where an astral projection is an is an actual separation of the the soul from the body 
uh, while it remains tethered to the physical form, it's able to exit the physical form for a time and go places uh, on lack of a better term, the astral plane. Is that correct? It's a very common question that gets asked around our, uh, our remote viewing subreddit and discord community. Uh, To be honest, I think one of my biggest complaints about remote viewing is that remote viewing is honestly a terrible name for it. It's, it's slightly better to say something along the lines of remote perception because a lot of people get tied up with hearing remote viewing and they imagine someone like looking into a scrying stone and then they can just see things. And while sometimes there are viewers with that ability, a lot of times it's literally just perceptions come into your mind. In a lot of cases, my data isn't visual. It's like just a sort of knowing about the target, or it could be a physical feeling, like a sense of touch. Viewers will try to smell things at the target, and basically any kind of data that they can add and tie into the overall session. There are times where a viewer will experience what we call bilocation, where it's almost like they're in two places at once, kind of like if you've seen the uh, Star Wars sequel trilogy, you know, where uh, the main character starts being at two places at once with uh, the villain. And it's, it's something that can happen, but usually it's discouraged for whatever reason. I personally don't know why, but a lot of people feel like at that point you're just too tied up in the target and you can get lost. Oh, okay. Um, kind of going off of that, when you're when you're doing that, I know during a, the practice of astral projection that there is the opportunity for you know spirits and other entities to to launch psychic attacks against you. Do you experience the same danger with remote viewing? Depending on the nature of what you're doing, I, I would say yes. I, it's not very common unless you're going out and doing a bunch of very esoteric tasks like related to Area 51 or Skinwalker Ranch, there's there's what's called the hitchhiker effect. And a lot of times it happens with alien-related targets or just kind of spooky things. It's not something I'd, I'd say would normally happen if you're just doing a practice target playing essentially guess the picture with psychic powers. Gotcha. But usually okay. if, yeah, usually if you're attempting something like that, Hopefully you, you've had some semblance of training on psychic protection. Then it doesn't become too much of an issue. Gotcha. Okay, I mean, hey, that's that's really good info, uh, especially if as somebody listens to this show, they don't necessarily listen to Mystery Stone, and they're going to think about trying to do something like this. Uh, before One more question before we really get into the philosophical end of things. Um, is this something that like you need like an innate psychic ability to do, or is this something that anybody with the will uh, to learn and to practice and to really put their best foot forward? Like, would would anybody be able to learn how to do this? The reason that uh, the uh, controlled remote viewing, the the style of remote viewing that was developed by the government specifically was designed the way it was, was so that they could take any random soldier out of the army and train him up to be psychic. I 
personally believe, and I feel like a lot of remote viewers would agree with me, that anyone can learn this skill. It may take longer to develop. It's definitely like a martial art or learning the piano. It takes practice to get good, meaningful results, but anyone can do it. There do seem to be people who are better at it initially. Okay, so like a latent talent, you know, or just a, like uh, any or a natural aptitude. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, now, I just kind of want to get right into like the philosophical end of things when it comes to this, uh, because, you know, philosophy at its heart is is the practice of, of, of obtaining knowledge, right? It, it's yeah. the focus of attempting to gain wisdom through various means and logical and cr- critical thought. And would you say that, you know, in, in your experience, remote viewing uh, was able to provide you information maybe about, you know, things outside the third dimension, maybe give you some answers to some of life's harder questions? Uh, wh- what would you say would help you in that in that sort of scenario? I believe that if not remote viewing itself, but the skills you learn in the process can definitely help you approach and attain understandings of the higher meanings of things. Okay. Um, Using skills adjacent to my remote viewing practice, I've had the opportunity to converse with pagan deities, biblical angels, and all sorts of, like, the full spectrum of historical figures and figures that are wholly fictional, and some where we're not entirely sure whether they're one or the other. It has led to, in often cases, more questions about reality for me than solid answers. Uh, I do personally, I've developed a sort of non-dualist belief in existence. I kind of believe that we're all fragments of the all or God, whatever word you would like to call it, a single supreme consciousness. We're all smaller versions of that consciousness trying to understand things about itself. Yeah, that's uh, really reflective of what David S. Deere said in our in our very first episode um it's a really common common line of thought when it comes to something uh you know when you when you start looking at metaphysics and, and the esoteric end of of things especially when you start applying to the philosophy so you know something i'm really curious about is before i i know in your your podcast you had mentioned that there was a time period where you weren't psychic at all and like remote viewing um, wasn't a thing for you. Uh, Can you remember like the way your logic worked and like the way your thought patterns were at that time? And once you became a remote viewer and started accessing your psychic abilities, did, did doing these things change the way you perceive thought and the way you, you logically understand things? 
Honestly, once again, the answer to that is a little bit of a yes and no. Uh, initially, growing up, I was raised in a very fundamentalist, charismatic Christian church where I believed that every word of the Bible was exact, literal truth, that you couldn't take any other sort of interpretation or else you couldn't believe any of it. And we had a lot of practices in that church, like speaking in tongues, the laying on of hands, and other things that wouldn't necessarily jive with the more standard Protestant church beliefs, but in the broader spectrum or very spiritual or psychic in nature. We didn't talk about it like that. We talked about it as, these are the gifts of the Spirit. This comes from God and only from God. And when I started to sort of fade away from that worldview, it, it happened very slowly. It, and it wasn't necessarily one thing or the other. It was just, I didn't have to go to church every week. Eventually, I left my home and joined the Marine Corps and got to experience life in the secular world. And eventually, I just had a moment where I couldn't believe that particular belief system anymore, and I decided to try out remote viewing, because I had heard about it from a uh, George Clooney movie named uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats. And okay. yeah, yeah. that led to its own little spiral of, I've tried this and I've found results. It works for me. Why don't I try magic? And I studied a couple different spheres of occultism. And I realized that when I was okay. performing ceremonial magic or remote viewing or any of those things, I was feeling the exact same feelings that the church had taught me to believe were exclusively from God and nothing else. And that if it wasn't from God, it was from the devil, it would feel bad, etc. I realized it was all the same thing at the core of it. It's So I, what changed about my beliefs really was I just became much more open. I, I developed a bit more of a syncretist view of religion, and things like that. Okay. Um, so when it comes to like perspective, when you're, when you're observing something new or maybe you're contemplating, you know, some new meaning when it comes to life, existence, morals, ethics, anything in that realm, um, the ability to communicate with these higher beings, these extra dimensional beings, um, things that your average person uh, over the, um, you know, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The, you know, consensus, the, the, the pop, the consensus thought lines, you know, we, we, we typically view things in one way and then you're able to perceive outside of the third dimension and into the fourth, maybe fifth or even sixth dimension, you know, when you're, when you were talking about, you know, talking, uh, speaking with angels and things like that when you begin to think about things, especially a, a new line of thought, um, do those experiences kind of have like an effect on that over what maybe a way you would have thought about that previously? 
Um, the, ho hopefully this an answers your question, but maybe it's just a little bit of a segue. Uh, David Harker and I, uh, he's one of, he's the host of the Psychic Guys. We do a lot of tasks in between each other with the style of remote viewing we developed that's called Cowboy Remote Viewing. And I heard you bring that up on the podcast. Yeah, uh, th that's a whole other story, but I'll, I'll stick to the particulars because hopefully this answers the question. Um, essentially, it's a form of remote viewing where it's similar to magical evocation, where instead of having a piece of paper and writing down a number and going into remote viewing, we we just dial up essentially the target and that's just psychically connect and start speaking with the target as if it's a person, regardless of what it was. Initially we were only giving these targets out as people you could have a conversation with, but needless to say, uh, for the hell of it, I tried different deities. Like I would have him talk to Hades or, both, Freya, and a lot of deities who, if you look at their different pantheons, they have similar spheres of, like, Freya is a Norse goddess of death, sex, and magic, and Hades is the Greek god of death. And so it, we got to a point where, just for the hell of it, because we were doing this for fun, uh, we asked... We ask them each in different conversations, so you're the god or goddess of death, but this this deity here is also the god or goddess of death. Can you explain that? Like, how, are there multiple gods of death? Is that, are you all just one sort of thing? And to make a long story short, the, the answer really seemed to be, they're more or less just reflections of our beliefs about an idea Okay. in the wider scale. Um, a lot of psychic space itself echoes back your understanding of reality or your subconscious communicates to you in symbols that you understand yourself. The, this, uh, there's a term we use in remote viewing, at least in some of the more classical versions called analytical overlay or AOL, where you are sitting there trying to just describe the lowest level of a thing. Like you don't even want to go, the target is on this, but all of a sudden out of nowhere, your brain says it's like SpongeBob or something like that. And normally uh, the conventional remote viewing schools will have you take a break, set it aside and be like, that's too high level. We don't want to fall down and have everything reflect that one thing that popped into our head because we wanted to play guesswork or whatever. I take a little bit of a different approach where I just engage with whatever comes to me and I sort of break it down to the lowest common denominator. Like, why is the target like SpongeBob? There's a lot of wet to the target or it's very square shaped or Maybe it's just a cartoon, or there's a lot of music, some, something like that. 
I feel like a lot of times when it comes to things like spiritual revelations and things of that nature, it's really a lot of personal information can distort, not, not necessarily distort, but color whatever information that person is experiencing. Okay, so, like, it doesn't necessarily change, like, your perspective and the way you assimilate information, but it, it definitely is added a tool to your toolbox that gives you access to information people typically wouldn't have access to and, and the ability to uh, potentially answer questions that a lot of us would sit here and dwell on. So, like, for instance, like everything you just said to me, I've oftentimes thought about, you know, if we have you know, the source, the all, the supreme godhead, whatever it is you want to call that, but what are those other pantheons of beings? And I came up with two conclusions myself, was that, you know, they're either aliens, you know, or potentially extra-dimensional beings that at one time were on the third dimension themselves, but were able to uh, ascend to these other other planes of existence after obtaining some sort of supreme knowledge i.e you know are you a god of death or kind of how you brought that up or are all of you a god of death or what is that maybe those individual beings obtained an understanding of death beyond comprehension of the third dimension and allowed them to ascend to that level and then what you're saying is like it through your ability to remote view and contact them you were able to obtain other information uh, sort of answering those questions in that way, which I mean, at the heart is is kind of philosophical in itself. Like, where where are like what is beyond what we experience? Like, what is beyond our own reality? And so, I guess I guess again, just to reiterate, it's not really altering your perspective or the way you logically uh, and critically think about things. It just it, it provided you an extra tool. Um, would that be correct? Yeah. And uh, honestly, uh, I would almost complicate that a little further when you, you don't essentially know whether or not you're even talking to a deity to begin with. Because I, as far as I know, like I've, I've heard Jesus appears on toasts and things these days, but we don't exactly see that many gods walking around that we can verify, take a picture, have a conversation with in person. So there's almost layers of, are you connecting to some outer spiritual being? Or perhaps you're just dealing with some sort of archetypal force within yourself. Maybe I'm not having a conversation with Hades. Maybe I'm having a conversation with parts of my psyche that I can easily understand as Hades. And oh, so things of that like, nature. Uh, like a like a Jungian aspect where yes. you're digging into the shadow self. And I can either confirm or deny. I'll just these are all thoughts that go through my mind very often when I try out things like this. There does clearly seem to be a sort of primal force to the universe that you can reach out to in that way, but it's can't really confirm or deny it other than take it on faith. But uh, it's really fascinating. So it's like, like Carl Jung had like this obsession with, you know, I'm a big Jung fan. Yeah. The, right. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about the accessing the unconscious and, you know, 
uh, attempting to analyze what hides within the unconscious and bring it to the conscious level. So more or less, you could potentially be be accessing the unconscious while you're still conscious. Is that would that do I got it? Do I got yes, that correct? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I incorporate elements of active imagination and dream work into my process. For a while, uh, I was practicing a extremely rare, and when I say form of remote viewing, I don't mean like it's a special separate sub-power or anything. It's just nobody else was doing this but three other people, and I happened to come across it by reinventing the wheel. Uh, a form of remote viewing known as uh, aspect remote viewing where the idea of it was you sit down, you go to your session, and when you access the target, you look inside yourself and ask uh, if any part of yourself would like to provide information or if they have information about the target. And in some cases, for the viewer, that takes the form of uh, me as a architect. And then me as an architect, the part of me that's an architect, comes up and starts talking about the building. Or other times it would take really just bizarre, I would be chatting up cartoon characters that came to mind and I would try to figure out how the hell that related to the target whatsoever. But it's, it's definitely something that has been on the mind of other remote viewers. Of the Jungian archetypal exploration. That's super interesting. And honestly, it's amazing that you guys are able to, you know, not focus on a single aspect saying like, oh, I'm contacting other beings where you're able to say, that's kind of what I'm trying to do, but maybe it's not it. Maybe this is what I'm doing and kind of look at that in, in like a critical uh, and logical way and anyway you're able to look at that in like a critical uh scenario and 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 pull things from that that maybe would you say like when you do look at it in that fashion that you're able to really do like that self-analysis like like that Jungian aspect like you're able to really look at yourself and maybe work with your shadow I believe that it is a very critical skill to learn as a remote viewer, and it is extremely important if you decide to delve into this or any other psychic or occult practice, that you develop a very strong sense of critical thinking and cultivate a good sense of self and sort of discernment of things. Because it is very easy, and we see this with a lot of people who take up remote viewing, it often, and I don't mean to rag on it, as a lot of the people who focus mainly on aliens, this happens to a lot, where okay. they start falling down a rabbit hole or chasing this one point of data in a session. But unless you can 100% verify, like, if you do a target on the aliens at Area 51, unless you, can, you or someone else can physically verify that that is actually a thing... How do you know the parts that you're receiving in your data are real? And it's almost a catch-22 with remote viewing as a whole, because some people will try and act like, oh, yeah, this is this amazing skill that everyone has, and we can discover all these profound secrets. But 
you do have to stop and think, can I actually verify that this is real? Um, wow. Yeah, I, I may you know, have. That, that, that's, that's such a, what's that? Oh, I was, I was, I was stopping to pause. I'm like, did I, did I ramble off? Was I, was I trying to say what I wanted to say? Yeah, I think so. No, <laughs> no, you were, you're fantastic. Um, so like you, you really are accessing and, and, and using this in a very philosophical sense where you're not taking any one experience as concrete evidence one way or another, but really looking at it in objective points of view, trying to really analyze and everything. And it, it, it's fantastic because a lot of times when, when I've spoken to people who claim to have similar abilities to yours, they, they're very concrete in their beliefs on what they're doing. And it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And they don't look at anything objectively. They don't consider the possibility that maybe they're misinterpreting their own experiences where you're really taking that and going, it could be this and it could be this and it could be this. And honestly, if we're looking at it in a philosophical sense, like that really is what you need to do in those scenarios. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, Would you say that, you know, doing remote viewing and, and learning this skill, um, w- would you say that, that maybe it helps you become like a better person or maybe uh, teach you new things about maybe the way you should be living life? Have there been any lessons that you've learned from doing this specifically? I'd really like to say that like I'm on top of some new spiritual plateau or that like yes, this is the way to enlightenment, but Honestly, there's so many people who are far better at this skill than I am who, uh, with all due respect, and let me know if I need to restate this in case, but who are just absolute assholes. They, no, they, no, you're you can, you can still be an, enlightened and, and be an asshole. You, you can learn all sorts of different new things. I wouldn't say that uh, learning remote viewing will make you more or less ethical. right but uh, but i mean if you're paying attention to like like if you're doing you're you're accessing this information whether it's your unconscious or these different beings and divinity and you're able to take in the things that they're saying and the lessons that are being provided you know applying critical thought to that and, and really dwelling on it and 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 taking in whatever it is that you're supposed to take in you could potentially you know really be taking in some very important life lessons that a lot of us wouldn't have an opportunity like that to, to experience or, or have that advanced thought thought form. And I mean, you're right. A hundred percent people, you, you could hand this in to them written on papers signed by God and they'll still be assholes about it. Absolutely. But I'm saying like you specifically, um, do you think that it does have the potential to really like, help you move forward with maybe living your life in different ways. Like maybe you're doing something in your life uh, and it's going a certain way. You do a, a remote viewing session and you come out of that and maybe it's changed the way you've decided to do that thing. Maybe you're going to do it differently or not do it at all anymore because maybe it's not going to uh, move your life forward or, or, or bring you any more happiness or as Aristotle would have put it, help you live well. Um, 
you know, do you experience anything like that? I, I have, uh, I, I feel like it helps me take pause about situations, consider them from different angles. I, I think honestly, that would be the main benefit to the way I've trained, which isn't necessarily the way anyone else taking up remote viewing will train, but um, I've used remote viewing, not necessarily through me specifically, but with the help of my friends to make different decisions, like should I buy a car from here or there? And I wasn't doing it like, oh, here I am casting the tea leaves. Give me the information for I am a star seed and I shall find the way. But um, <laughs> like, honestly, most of the time we're doing stuff like that for a laugh. But th there are ways you can apply remote viewing to making choices like that. Or we've tried playing at uh, medical diagnoses. Obviously, we still go to the doctor afterwards because... Don't just listen to the psychic saying, oh, yeah, it looks like you're fine. A lot of us aren't actually doctors, believe it or not. But, <laughs> um, it, it's very much like just a love of experimentation and trying things out for the heck of it. I would say that's probably one of the best things about trying remote viewing, especially if you have a good community of people trying it with you. Hey, that's awesome. And when, when you were learning remote viewing, um, did you have like a specific resource? Was there like, was there like a book that was almost biblical to you when it came to learning this skill? Or did you have like a person in your life who really guided you through it all? No, but not for lack of trying. I, I definitely, uh, I approached it from a very stringent sort of, I'm going to learn what I can, but I am not going to hand money to anybody because I don't know if I'm going to get scammed. And that, that set me back a little bit. But I, I come from, uh, I was homeschooled all my life till about high school. And during those years, I was mostly self-taught. So I, I, I did a lot of grabbing information here and there. There's wonderful video resources out there. Uh, there's a channel called remote viewed that uh Daz smith runs he's another co-host on the psychic guys uh where he's collected some of the older training videos from the 90s and things of like that of uh companies like transdimensional systems so you can learn you, you can learn some of those remote viewing styles for free if you know where to look uh ultimately i settled on for sessions that I'm working with paper. I use a style called technical remote viewing. Uh, there's a wonderful book. Uh, I believe it's called remote viewing, the complete guide by Brett Stewart. And I would say that that's probably the best for if you're learning TRV specifically technical remote viewing. But other than that, uh, if you check out like the remote viewing subreddit and our discord server, we're, we're very active. We're very interested in helping people as long as they just want to give it a shot. That's, that's awesome. That's really good information. Um, so along with, along with those, 
those resources that you had available to you, um, would you say that it really is like a, like a learn as you go thing, learn through experience, you know, put your hands on it. You, you can't just read it. You have to experience it to really learn how. I, I think that it's uh, like learning any skill. It, it really depends on the learner. Some people will benefit from a more hands-on approach. Some people might be a little more academic. And if they've got a good book, they can just give it a shot. But if you want to try it yourself, on the subreddit, we do have a brief guide of uh, just how to do a quick remote viewing session with a practice target. And it'll give you a solid rundown on the fundamentals of what the protocol is. And then just from there, the, the whole thing takes about 10, 15 minutes, I think. People have clocked it up. Okay. Um, and you know, one final question then before we really start to wrap things up here. Um, what would you say would be the most profound thing that you've learned through remote viewing? I'm assuming in like a like a deep, meaningful truth of the universe sense or like I, I've had a lot of random what the hell kind of moments. So, I mean, if you if the most profound thing to you, this is more like a, a personal to you sort of like uh, question, like something that really affected you, maybe maybe changed something about your life or maybe made you realize something that you hadn't realized before, or maybe changed your outlook on something else that you already had some maybe deep-seated opinions on like you know something personally to you profound that you um experienced through remote viewing okay um this one i I always have a hard time explaining it the way i want to explain it to people so i'll I'll give it a shot maybe this will be the one in a million chance i finally explain it the way i'm trying to so a lot of people when they start out remote viewing or just experimenting with psi or psychic things, they look at it and they treat it as this big cosmic supernatural thing, like almost, almost like an external, they don't view it as just something anyone can do, even though you can. The moment where I really started to just suddenly get good, where it all snapped together and it made sense, and like I figured out my place in the universe or what have you, was realizing that when it comes to being psychic, feeling psychic perceptions, it's all you. It's all natural. If you've ever had a gut feeling doing something, that's psych. If you've ever stopped and looked at, looked and made a decision about something and it just all clicked and made sense in your head, that was a moment of intuition. And people look at that and they go, well, I've done that a bunch of times where this is a common experience. It is. All of this is. It's just we've found a way to do it that people find really weird. Huh. Like, if you just sit down and go to... Like, even let's say you were going to try this uh, practice target on the subreddit. You could do it right now without knowing anything about it. Just take a piece of paper and go, what is the image going to look like? And just sketch the first thing that comes to your mind. What does it feel like? What color is it? Just whatever information, first thing that comes to your head. 
and see how much of that lines up. I think you'll be surprised. Wow. Uh, you know, honestly, that's that's some deep stuff, man. <laughs> that's yeah. that's awesome. Um, you know, we're you know, we're here at the the forty five minute mark and I, I'd really like to thank you, you know, for coming on today. Um honestly it's not easy to find people like you to talk to. And I'm I'm really grateful that you gave me the time uh today to talk to me. Uh but at this point, uh I'd like to offer you the opportunity to plug, promote, shout out, anything you want to. Um you know, this is this is your time for a moment here. Uh, what's out there you'd like for us to check out? Oh well, I suppose I should be real selfish and say check out the uh, Psychic Guys podcast. Uh, it's it's a pretty good time. It's a roundtable discussion. We talk about all things weird, esoteric, and just day to day psy stuff. Whatever we, whatever comes up. If you're looking to find a community that is very just down to earth about experiences like remote viewing and you happen to have discord i would check out the r slash remote viewing subreddit i think you can just type in discord.gg slash remote viewing and i think that's the invite link they're a very helpful community where if you have questions or you have a weird experience you want to talk about we will We'll listen to it and won't treat you like you're crazy right off the bat. <laughs> um, <laughs> the subreddit is also good, but the discord, I, I just have a, I have a place in my heart for the discord. I like hanging out there. I understand. I have a few discord servers like that for me too. Um, okay. Well, in that case, you know, uh, Josh, you know, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Uh, you mentioned that you were a Marine before. I'd like to thank you for your service. And, you know, if anybody here would like to reach out to us, again, that's philosophatalk at gmail.com. Any reviews, ratings you leave, we're available on all platforms now. We'll read them on the show. Uh, and, and once again, Josh, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you for giving me the time. All right, everybody. Uh, until next time, stay deep. <laughs>